0: loud verbal display challenging ET in general out of oh, nowhere yeah. I was doing I actually had a uh, pistol in my hand at the time um, I was really ticked off when I was having this fit I had I was waving the gun in the air okay and I had this fit. and at this moment I said okay
1: Was a Louisiana man named Montaldo. Folks around called him Six Gun Joe. Worked with Icar, don't you know? Investigating UFOs. Out for a drive with a gal one night, they stopped to check out the reporting site. But an alien lit right there on the ground he commenced to throw in his weight around. Now, old six didn't take too kindly for to that kind of thing. Especially without Vaseline or anything, you know. Seriously. Well, six gun looked that critter right in the eye. And said, Any last wish before you die, you Reach for his gun, quick as a twitch, and said, Fill your claw, you son of a bitch. Now a legend spread across the land about this pistol-waving man, but if you're from space or from earth below, you don't give no lip to six gun Joe.
2: UFO Undercover, Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, with your host, Joe Montaldo, right here on the Paranormal Radio Network. Welcome to UFO Undercover, with your host, Joe Montaldo.
0: Whoa, whoa, whoa. What is up, everyone? Hope everyone's having a great morning, great afternoon, great afternoon, great evening, great... <laughs> everywhere you are on the planet. Uh, sorry. My dog is shedding, yes, and, and there's hair everywhere. Uh, I was just choking me up earlier. Uh, how's everybody doing tonight? I hope everything's going good for everyone. I hope you're having a really good week. Uh, we are midweek now with Hump Day. And for you people overseas, if you don't know what Hump Day means, I'm sure you do, but if you don't... It's just an American way of talking about the midweek. You know, we don't count the weekend. We count the f- five days, Monday through Friday. And uh, so it's midweek for us. Who's in charge? Who's in charge of what? We're going to get into all of that. We're really going to talk about tonight why uh, why they chose us. What, what could it possibly be? Uh, why would ET want to be here? And even if they, we were a creative race way back in the day, uh, why are they still here today? I mean, what is it that keeps them coming here? Uh, what is it that they want to see? I mean, what are they trying? What is their goals for us? Do they have goals for us? Or are we just here? Do we taste good? Do we smell good? I mean, what is it that they're after? I mean, there's got to be some reason they're staying here. <laughs> you could say to mine the planet, but I'm sure they would have already done that. And I think, frankly, you know, when this, when I read the Sumerian text about the alien race that came here and created a subspecies to mine the planet, that, I often wondered why they didn't have the technology to do that themselves. I mean, we damn near can... Re, re, I mean, a lot of what we do today is is uh, robot-orientated. So I'm just trying to think, this is supposed to be an advanced race, way beyond our years. They didn't have this kind of technology. I guess maybe they didn't bring it with them. Maybe they couldn't develop it here. Uh, well, I'm just. it's a lot of questions on why, 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 why. <sighs> I mean, this race is supposed to be across the cosmos or they're an interstellar race, intergalactic race. They can cross anywhere in our in our known galaxy without any problems, but yet they can't come to a planet and mine the planet remotely or with robots. or I don't know. I mean, guess maybe you, know, you had a rocket full of scientists or maybe it was a rocket full of warriors. Maybe it was just a rocket full of people, and they found this planet and said, hey, we're going to get rich and take this stuff back with us. And uh, when they created this race, when they created our race or the beginning of our race, uh, maybe they thought something else. Maybe they didn't quite know where this is gonna work out and go. Well, once the reptilians interfered, no telling what was gonna happen after that. Hey Kevin, how you doing, man? <laughs> Let me put you up there where everybody else can see you. Yeah, there y'all go there's Kevin up there. Well th- Okay, psychic subjects interesting because I don't personally believe that everyone has psychic abilities. I've been talking about this for years. It makes people really mad. They get mad at me. They get hostile at me. But testing for psychic abilities is one of the easiest tests you can do. I mean, it doesn't take much. Uh, yes, Jimmy. I'll tell you it later. I'll talk about it later in the show. Yeah, diet in bites is all I can tell you. Yeah, my scientist. Uh, it's spring in the south. Uh, yeah, everything in my yard is blooming, even though it's only March 1st. It's crazy, but (laughs) I I don't want to get off topic though. Uh, It is, it is crazy right now the way it is down here. But anyway, getting back to psychic stuff. So I say this almost every week and it's, this is easy people think about it. If you really want, uh, to find out someone's psychic, this is an easy test. Go get a couple of cards, uh, go in your room. You know, you can get a deck of cards if you want, you go get some color coded cards You can go get some cards and write some numbers on them or or get put some colors it doesn't really matter get four or five of them you can do two though two's the easiest okay because two's 50 50. so somebody who's guessing should at least get it right half the time which means don't mean they're psychic by the way (sighs) i can't help that doesn't it doesn't mean that they're psychic yeah so you gotta have to get it right at least 60 or 70 percent of time to even be considered a a, a latent telepath or a latent empath or latent, whatever Um, to get be considered a real psychic. You'll have to be an 80% or higher, like for the kind that the government are looking for and things like that. You'll have to be an 80% or higher is, is where you'll have to be. Yeah, I agree. Kevin, more people are into it. Well, you know, wait, that's, this is what's weird about this. So you go back about 200 years, they were in this a lot. There were lots of table readers, rappers, like had different names, but it was still basically the same thing. Okay. And then as we, we entered the modern era, we forced it away. We pushed it away as taboo, you know, Oh no, you can't, you can't do that. It's taboo. You know, that's not real. That's fake. Uh, none of that kind of stuff is real. And then as we came into the, we crossed the millennia, uh, we started changing back a little bit. So where we're like, yeah, some of this stuff is real. Let's look into it more. Uh, let's see if it's, it's how this works. Um, you know, is it? Can everybody have telepathy? Can everybody have telepathy? Uh, can everybody be a telepath? Can everybody be an empath? I'll tell you a secret. We consider uh, telepathy now one of the things is it's an abduction criteria for the organization. So, if you're an abductee or an a contactee or something along those lines, and we want to know that if you're real, we're going to expect you to be empathic, at the very least, empathic. <clears throat> Telepathy just means you're more advanced. But we're gonna expect it. That's an abduction criteria is being empathic. Can't get away from it. It's definitely an abduction criteria. It's one of the things uh, that we talk about on a regular basis. And if you're not, you're not an you're not a, an abductee, you're not a contactee or any of that stuff. So getting back to the testing, <clears throat> so you can go. Most models will let you do this. Get you a decent sign, you know, made somewhere, go spend fifty hundred bucks on it, whatever. And uh, go to your local mall and say, hey, we're here for such and such, such and such. And we're testing. If you want, you can use the ICAR research thing. And this telling you there for doing research for ICAR. You don't have to. It's just all ICAR means is just we're testing for tele- telepathic ability to see if it's real or not. <sighs> so when you go in and you sit down, you will be surprised how many people want to be tested. Oh, yeah, because moms and dads who have a connection with their children automatically think they're telepathic oh, I know he was doing this or she was doing that. I knew they were in trouble and stuff like that. <clears throat> Intuition is not telepathy, by the way, people. Yes. Sometimes you can be very intuitive when it comes to your child, but that's not still not telepathy. Um, <clears throat> but it does help to keep their little asses out of trouble. But getting back to this, so you sit down with your cards. Somebody will come sit down. You'll, you'll get them to fill out a little short form, who they are, where they're from, why they think they may have psychic abilities. Do they think they have psychic abilities? And then you put the cards out, two cards. All right, red and green, all right, easy. I mean, these are stoplight colors, red and green, right? Just no nothing nothing big deal, just regular cards. So you put them down there, you look at them. You can wiggle them around if you want to, move them around, whatever the hell you want to do. And then uh, you look at them, and then you ask the individual to tell you which card is which. This is 50-50. I mean, most people should get this right. It's like flipping a coin. You should get it right 50% of the time. By the way, they don't. If you're not a real telepath, you won't even get it right 50-50. Yeah, it's very strange. Some people like to use five cards, you know, five colored cards or five numbered cards, pick the number, pick the color. Because what they're doing is they're, they're, they're either using the telepathy, a form of telepathy to look through the top of the card, or they're really just looking into your head to see which cards are there or what colors are there. So that's easy telepathy. Uh, so then, you know, this individual is, 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 is at least telepathic. <laughs> Empaths are a little bit different. You have to use a little bit different type of uh, test for them. But it's still pretty much the same. Just bring someone with you um, that is in a certain is that's just been having some issues, or or is really happy, or really sad, or something like that. I mean, somebody that's willing to come with you, and you can put them in the back. And, and if they're an empath with you, the empath will pick it up immediately, and they'll start talking about it. Man, I really feel this, 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 or this, and then you'll know you've got somebody. Um, but well, no, they can do the cards too, but it's it's harder for them because they're empaths. So it's, it's more like they're getting the flavor of the card than the actual um, color of the card. Whereas a telepath is actually getting the actual color of the card. They, they can give you the whole design, the whole other side of the design, everything. But anyway, so you sit down and you start doing these tests. You're going to find out about 85% of the people you test, maybe even 80% of the people you test, are not going to test. They're, they're going to fail miserably. They're not even going to get 50-50 right. They're going to get like 40 60 37, 63, 55, 45, you know, stuff like that. But they're not even going to really get over the 50% range. <laughs> like I said, once you get, if, if someone's 70% consistently, then you might have a latent telepath, but for the most part, uh, they're going to be a little bit high in that. So again, we don't even consider somebody to, to be a contactee unless they are telepathic or empathic. You mean telekinesis, uh, Jeffrey. No, Jeffrey te- te- telekinesis is far and few between i've only ever seen two what i would consider legit cases of tele i mean telekinesis in my entire life on the other hand telepass i've met quite a few over the years because of the field i'm in but um impasse i've met quite a few over the year but telekinesis is a whole different thing first off any government could get could get hold of someone um that had telekinesis would just love it i mean they would just love it they would be like oh my god uh well, because somebody with telekinesis could do stuff like you didn't like an enemy, you know, you didn't like a president, like you didn't like Putin. You could squeeze a little brain, a little vein in his brain, give him an amnesia, and he'd die of natural causes. No one ever questioned he had died of natural causes. It's a, it's an outstandingly dangerous weapon. Yeah, anybody with telekinesis can do things that you just don't even want to think about, and, and, and those kind of things. Um, and usually, if they have telekinesis, they have a full range of other abilities, like being a telepath, uh, being an empath. They usually, usually telekinesis comes after the other ones are already in place, and usually fairly strong in place. So, when you have telekinesis, you you usually, you're already a, a strong empath and telepath. Hmm. Well, it makes it easier to find a target. You know, the government gave up remote viewing a while back um, because. Remote viewing has its uses, but the problem with remote viewing is it can't see certain things. Like it can't see the code numbers in the desk or the code numbers in the gentleman's head. It can't see that. It doesn't. It doesn't understand it. it, it they, they can tell you where the desk was. They can't even really tell you where the desk was, but they can tell you where the building was. Or they can tell you where the missiles parked in the woods or where it's at. But that doesn't give you the cancel codes or the self-destruct codes. That just tells you where the missiles at, which is fine if we're going to try to shoot a missile at it. But so they've learned with telepaths, they can do both. A telepath can tell you where the missile's at by reading the individual's mind and getting the, the destruction, self-destruct codes at the same time, Mm-hmm. or other codes or other information. There's some. I've met some pretty strong telepaths. You mean working for the government? That's a that's a whole nother. That's by a whole nother show. But um, over the years, hold on, I'm, I'm putting Kevin's comment in the room. Over the years, I have met some really, 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 really strong telepaths. I mean, super strong telepaths. They can read everything in your head. There's no guessing. Whatever's in your head, they're just it's like it's in their head. Yeah, it's a pain in the ass, too, actually. You can't lie to them because anything you say, they're going to be like, oh, uh-uh, that's not what you mean. <laughs> so, well, no, they're always right. They're never wrong. they They're very, very, very good at what they do. Uh, and you do want to cross them. And that's the ones the government really wants. That's who they're after. Problem is they can't always get them to work. To, they're not always willing to work for the government. And then there's an ET problem. Sometimes ET doesn't appreciate Uncle Sam using their uh, telepath. Especially their really strong ones. They, they Sometimes they don't they don't believe that. They just don't. Uh, Down you know what you know that 's a good question because uh, we 've been talking about that ever since the discovery of RH negative, we have been wondering since O negative is a universal donor and the purest form of blood known to man, we were wondering if the RH negative is what triggered impasse and telepaths because it is a mutation and that 's what telepathy is it 's another mutation, just like green or blue eyes or any of that stuff it 's just another mutation. Yeah, it's, it makes it. You know, people always want to put all this <clears throat> mystery around this, but there's it's not how can I say this? It's not like magic, <clears throat> or or it's not created like magic. This is probably one day will be a natural progression of our brain, uh, something that we're born with and everybody on the planet has, and we'll all learn to use it. But right now, it's not true. Right now, very few of us have it. Less than less than. Less than 20% of the planet has has telepathic abilities of any kind. Um, And since we believe the abduction content is somewhere around 15 16%, so that shows you right there, they're either abductees or contactees or related to abductees or contactees. I I just haven't found any real telepaths outside of the contactee group or the abduction group. Well, to put this in perspective, about three years ago we were testing uh, and we were doing a test in one of our chat groups, and um I was like, I mean, this girl was really strong. And I'm like, Oh, baby, you're really, mm-hmm. really strong at this. I said, You sure you don't remember any contacts? She's like, No, 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 no. I said, Well, let me ask you something. I said, Would you be willing to undergo hypnosis? She said, oh, I don't want you program me. I said, No, no. I said, You can bring one or two friends with you. I said so they gotta be quiet. I said, Everything's gonna be tested, everything's gonna be voice stressed. I said it's very up and up, it's very legit. I said it's very upfront. I said we're very strict on our on our She said, sure. So we're, we're, I don't know, we're 35 minutes in, you know, and she's maybe a level four depth. She's halfway down to really deep church. So she's, she's just, she's a little more than relaxed hypnosis. She's, she's very comfortable. So I asked her, I said, you know, as you're going through your life, I said, do you feel any, there's any events that's out of sort or doesn't add up or this, that or the other thing? And she goes, well, and this thing's spinning. We can't see it, but the way we teach them, it's it's spinning in their head so that you can touch it like a picture viewer. <clears throat> so she goes, you know, there are a couple of times that things seem to be, you know, I had seen this or I'd seen that. Or it's so like she was telling me one night about um, she had seen these two stags standing in the road, two deer standing in the road. And the next thing she knows, she remembers she's at her home, but it's dark and she's in trouble. Her You know, her ass is getting chewed because she was home late. <laughs> But she didn't think nothing about it. She just figured it took long. She just, you know, she's seen the two deers and she's, she figured, oh, I must have watched the deers for a little while. Well, they're standing in a highway. I doubt you watched them for all that long. But still, she watched them and then this happened. So I said, well, why don't you focus in on that and we'll, we'll go a little deeper. Hmm. So we're getting into this and um, bam, she sees a gray standing there. She actually sees two grays standing there which she thought were dear. And then another gray had just put its hand on her shoulder. Now this woman had never thought she was an abductor or contact. She's never even flirted with the idea of it. No one in her family is no one around her. she just, you know, and even after this, even after this all came out in hypnosis, she was still very, very skeptical. So I told her, I said, don't let this ruin your life. I said, take all this information with you. And I said, here's some other stuff for reading that, that might make you feel better or, or more comfortable Uh, in the wake of things. And I said, and I said, if you ever want to talk, you can always, I gave him my phone number so you can always give me a call and we can chat. I said, but don't, don't, I said, don't overthink this. I said, you sound like you have a good life. Enjoy your life. Have fun. This is just another aspect of life. I said, one of the first things we tell abductees is, is help to train them to live with this. Because there's a lot of advantages to being telepathic and empathic. There is. There's a lot of advantages to it. You know, a lot of times you know when people are lying to you. You can sometimes, you like it with contracts or with jobs, you can sometimes push for a higher wage because you can sense that's not the bottom line, that they're talking to you when you're talking to them. Little things like that you can also tell when your spouse is lying to you. But there's also some big pluses like impasse If you and your spouse are an empath, it doesn't matter if you're male and female and female. It doesn't really matter, John. It doesn't. It doesn't. If you're both in pass and you're making love, it, it intensifies it like a hundredfold. Every aspect of it—the way you feel, the emotions, the raw pleasure—all of it's intensified like a hundredfold. It, because you're not just experiencing what you're experiencing; you're experiencing what they're experiencing. So it's it's just like a complete a rush of emotions. Oh yeah, it's insane. And if you ever talk to two people, somebody who's an empath, that's married to an empath, they'll tell you about it. Well, if you can get them to tell you about it, yeah, because they can read you. They know, they know, they just know a lot about what you, what you need, what you want, and so do you. Uh, you're in their head basically, and you can tell the reaction when you touch something or move something or say something. And you can also, when you have an argument or, or a fight, you can also tell where it's going ahead of time. Because you can say, okay, well, look, I know if I say this, you're going to say that. You know, it just it makes for shorter arguments too. Well, it's a great thing. I mean, being an empath is fabulous. Empaths are not telepaths, but they can experience. I think the only thing that's hard on an empath is, and sometimes when we find abductees, we find them in disarray because not so much because of the abduction, because of being an empath. Because empaths, first off, if you don't know you one you may be, you may walk into a room and start crying or start laughing or just have an emotional thing. Everybody thinks you're like an emotional basket case, but you're not. You sense the emotional group in the group and you can even target in on one person. But a lot of times your, yourself will pick up the whole group's intent or feeling or emotions and you pick that up. It's intense for you. Um, you know, so all of a sudden you might've been singing bebop and then uh, you want to go cry. You want to go sit in your car. You want to go do something. You want to go smoke weed? Well, that's that's cool too. But it's just, yeah, so it really, really, really intensifies everything. And again, you don't know your sense. And so some empaths transmit, some receive, some do both. But let's say you're, you're a transmitter and let's say you're in a really bad mood and you walk into a room full of people. Within five minutes, everybody in the room is going to be pissed. They're going to be in the same mood you are. If you're all happy and giddy and goofy, they're going to be all happy and giddy and goofy. Yeah, they, they take on your emotion because you're transmitting, and they're just picking it up. No, it's, they're not empaths. They're just they just it. They can pick it up. You don't have to be an empath to sense an empath. You just have to be an empath to send it to another empath. I know it gets confusing, doesn't it? Well, because you're transmitters and receivers. So a lot of times empaths just receive. So when they're places or in the rooms or stuff like that, they can they just feel it, uh, whatever's going on in that area or in their house, or their home, or their job, or wherever it is, uh, and they can also send at the same time. Well, for non impasse it's like sub-emotions. It's just like something keeps tapping at you until it hits that nerve. Yeah, because you're not you know It's more like being forced in your head than than a form of telepathy. Yeah. Well, we were hoping that's what it was. We were hoping all humans were just late in telepaths, but when you test, they're not. You have take my word for it. There have been many, many, many colleges that have tested for uh, telepaths. And there's—and they'll tell you, they do believe that there's some out there, but they will tell you also um, that they believe a lot of people are not. Well, a lot of people are not. I don't make the rules, so... Now, well, everybody would like to have telepathy, but think about it like this. When all 8 billion of us, or by then all 15 billion of us, become impasse or telepath, lying will stop. Well, not all lying, but most lying will stop on this planet because you'll know when somebody's lying to you. You'll be like, no, dude, you're lying to me. and no chick, you're lying to me. Or like when you're meeting somebody for the first time for a date, you'll know pretty much their whole life story in 10 minutes. <clears throat> when you meet them, you'll be like rushed. they will be like a rush. Well, I'm sure people will learn how to fake it and stuff, but I still think of a good telepath, you'll never be able to lie to hmm. So is that why ET's here? Because we have telepaths. They created them. You can bet your ass whenever this race was created way back in the day, uh, those races were already had telepathy. And that's probably why they abducted family lines. Uh, The telepathy is probably part of the reason they abducted family lines. And remember, they have the full range of telekinesis abilities. Not just impasse or telepass or telekinesis. They have the full range of them. There's lots of things they can do. Uh, that we were nowhere near ready to do yet. One day we will, but we're just not right now. But we will. And that, maybe that makes them nervous. Maybe they won't let them wipe us out. I would think they would have already wiped us out, but maybe they won't let them wipe out. you can only wonder uh, why they haven't. A lot of people think there's a galactic council that keeps them from wiping us out. I've heard a council described many, 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 times. times. Pretty much always basically the same way. The only thing I've noticed as far as the council goes is the number of seats. So sometimes it's, some people told me it's 11, some says 13, some says 15, some says 17, some says 19, some says 21. The only consistency I find there is it's all odd. They're not even, like 22. So there's no chance for a a tie. No, they describe it. The council sounds, when you listen to people talk about this council building or this planet for that matter, so the planet sounds like something out of, um, what was the name of that? Bruce Willis was in it. uh, Flossed in Paris. Oh man, the redhead was in it. That's going to go right out of my brain. But um, anyway, you know, They were on a ship over water. But so this is a water world that has one big city that just kind of hovers around the planet. And each building or each area is has is an area that represents one race. They may have two or three buildings there that represents one race. Yes. And from what I understand, there's well more than a million races there. The place has to be massive. They say the planet's bigger than Jupiter by about eight times but somehow the mass doesn't affect it. But I guess the, the city itself, and they probably built it as one city with, you know, had one building that's been growing ever since. And then the core center is the, um, where all the, the galactic, you know, stuff goes on. Hmm. Well, cause a lot of people who have, that have had contact with the Greys have gotten that there's a, not even the Greys, the other races as well. They got some kind of sense that there was some kind of massive war. Uh, not now, but back in, in the past, uh, probably before we were even born. <coughs> sorry, guys, my throat's been itchy all day. Damn dog. Um, but. Um, sorry, I hate to make y'all listen to me drink. But a lot of people believe there was some kind of a galactic war way back in the past. And um, eventually, when the light beams finally came to our galaxy, it leveled things out or it, it straightened things out. Well, the gray says that the light beans advanced them or um, enhanced them would be a better word. So the grays were already an advanced race, probably, you know, around a hundred thousand years old, 50,000 years old when the grays showed up. I mean, when the reptilians showed. Oh, shit, I'm sorry. When the light beans showed up too many races to keep track of and enhanced them, they became like a super race. I mean, their, their heads are huge. Their mental abilities are huge. Their technology is out, out of, just out of the world. All their stuff seems to be organic. They can grow their houses. and grow their buildings. They can grow their ships. They seem to have a self-replicating food supply. Um, and they can upload their consciousness into other bodies. And even if their body becomes frail, they can upload it into a new body. They call them husk bodies. Now, it's not cloning, by the way. No, it's not. It's like they're just mixing different DNAs. They've got everybody's DNA on the planet. They just mix them together and make a new host body. Yeah, No cloning. They just grow a new body. Well, eventually, we're we're getting to the point where we can grow a body from scratch. We still got a little ways, but we're getting there. Oh, we can do clone bodies. That's different. And we can grow a body out of a Petri dish. Yeah, we can do that, too. We've already done that more than once. Mm. So, growing a new body is not the same as cloning. So... And I think because of all those sci fi movies and clone degradation, scientists figured out well, there's not even no reason to go that way. Let's go this way and keep from having to do that. Uh, Carly. Well, no, I'm not taking anything right now. That's what you're asking though, for losing weight now. Just walking and trying to keep the food out of my mouth. (laughs) No, I gained 20, almost 25 pounds because we weren't doing anything. Uh, I was just working on a radio station, yeah. And uh, my other company was just dead. <laughs> we were busy actually the first year of COVID because <clears throat> we're, we are we own a maintenance company. But the last two years has been dead. Even this year has been started out so far pretty slow. We're usually pretty busy by that springtime. now it's not just us. Every contractor I talk to is telling me the same thing. Yeah, I don't know. It's not you know. Maybe they don't. I don't know what it is. I'll talk about it this Friday on the other show though. This week, um, no, I think we still got one more episode of the News on the Flip side. We're going to probably do like a month each one. Yeah, like five weeks of the News on the Flip side, four weeks of the Centralist. Well, they carry different topics that way. Centralist is more of a news program. It's really just more of a news program. We argue a lot more on the Centralist, too. Yeah. And by the way, if anybody's out there, we are looking for hosts for that particular show. We're always looking for hosts for the network. We got. I'd have to talk to Michelle. I don't think we have any free slots left, but we've got some pretty cheap ones out there. And you know we're on Roku Television now. Hello, Roku Television. Good evening. You're getting tired. You want to rest. You want to get to your PayPal account and send Joe all of your money. Yes, you do. <clears throat> Just go to uprntalkradio.com and make a donation. Mm-hmm. No, actually, we we can talk about that another day too, but uh, the station was doing really well Until COVID Oh yeah Our numbers went up But our finances went down Yeah figure that one out <laughs> I'll talk about it in the news On Flipside flip side next weekend Or this week But No Our numbers went up almost was 33% Across the board All the hosts and the shows All the shows in the network Went up 33% The entire network it was It was very interesting And the station was making good money And then a lot of companies A lot of Advertisement companies went bankrupt because um, they didn't expect a big increase across the board. So they were paying out a lot more money. You know, it wasn't just my network they were paying to. They were paying to a lot of networks, a lot of shows. It it, it did them in. Yeah, it did in a lot of companies. Yeah, bites. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Well, I don't know about the council. I mean, it just seems to see they, they don't want to directly interfere with us. And I don't think they just want to let us lose either. Think about it. So an alien race came here, uh, just landed here for whatever reason, realized there was some stuff here, minerals and stuff that they might've been wanting to get, just stuff they could use, uh, stuff that would be useful to them, stuff that maybe they could bring back. I don't know what kind of financial assistance they had, but whatever. Uh, This was a lot of material that they were mining. But the Sumerians say the first race that came here uh, built two great white dome cities. And and the, the thought was, was they couldn't breathe the atmosphere on this planet. And that tells you, two cities tells you there was quite a lot of people. And I actually don't think they built two cities. I think it was just two big ships that landed. Uh, maybe like, you know, aircraft carrier size or, or maybe twice the size of that. But anyway, I think it was just two ships that landed and that was their two cities. Because um, if, I don't re- exactly remember, but if I remember mostly correctly, it was they appeared overnight. <clears> two, <throat> And they were glowing cities. So... But the natives said they couldn't come out of the cities without wearing these things that were right here, some kind of breathing apparatus. So they created their cells. They recreated their cells without the need to have the oxygen thing. Uh, without So they could work on the city. But for some reason, that race decided, the one that they recreated, decided that it they didn't want to be that. You know, they were omnipotent super beings with all of this super technology. So they decided that they created the slave race, the, the, you know, basically they took something that was already here. We don't know what it was, uh, a human like creature that was already here. And then they tried to breed several different rings. According to the Sumerian and the Egyptian texts, it was like nine or seven or eight or nine different attempts to create the, the man that looked like us. They were bird headed, dog headed, wolf headed cat-headed. They tried all kinds of stuff because they really just wanted somebody to go out and mind this stuff and do whatever they wanted. They didn't need anybody intelligent that was going to cause trouble. So finally, they settled on us with a very, very low intelligence, probably an IQ under 50. In other words, they could do things like procreate. They could plow the fields. They could even, they could make meat. They could do a lot of things, but they couldn't ask why. They didn't have the ability inside of them to say, why am I out here every day toiling in the heat for 12 hours? People dying all over the place. We're barely getting anything. None of that even came to thought for them. And you can read in the writings, not just as the Egyptian writings as well. And actually the Dogons as well. We have to go for oral for the Dogon, but still uh, you can find these three validating each other's stories. So he is a race of humans. Um, with this type of alien DNA, human DNA into alien human DNA into us. And, um, well, that's what we were, a slave race. And then for some reason, Numos, or the reptilians, showed up out of nowhere, started stealing these women from these new women, raping these women, making them pregnant and putting them back. And when the children were born, they were born differently. The initial account of this, I always thought, they meant that they were shaped different, you know, deformed or had problems. But when I actually listened to the story, I read the story more, it seemed like that's not what happened. They became more intelligent and more self-aware. Now, we all know, as science fact, we all have a reptilian section in our brain and it does play a big part of who and what we are personality-wise. And so they started stealing and raping and these children were born. After a while, these children started interbreeding with the rest of the population. More and more and more became... Uh, the new humans, more like us. Um, They started asking why they had to plow the field, why they had to be out all day, why couldn't they do this, why couldn't they do that? And from what I heard, tens of thousands were killed, but eventually they ran the humans off the planet. They had had enough, and the humans had had enough, and they just I guess they didn't want to wipe them all out. And I guess since they had reptilian DNA, they couldn't. Once the reptilians entered their DNA into the slave race, they couldn't just wipe them out anymore because it wasn't just their descendants anymore. It was also the reptilians' descendants. And doing that may have started a war with the reptiles. And from what I understand, the human aliens and reptilians are, are very well matched. They, they're colonized all over the place. They're, they have long lifespans. They have very, very good technology, not like the greys, but outstanding technology. And uh, it would have just been a bloody war that would have probably went on forever. And so that wasn't allowed. They actually sent the greys here to make sure that didn't happen. Uh, The greys, that's why the greys ended up on this planet. Because they were like, wait a minute, Did y'all did what? Y'all created a new human race with your two DNA. Let me get this straight. You're two very advanced aliens, and you entered your DNA into this subspecies, and now we have a a new species of man (coughs) coming along that one day will be as intelligent as y'all, if not more, since it has both of your DNA. some reason... They sent the Greys, and the Greys took over most of the abduction stuff. Um, they or set up. I mean, I don't know how it worked out, but they ended up with most of it. today. They they're probably responsible for sixty or sixty five percent of all the abductions that happened. But eventually, for whatever reasons, um, their DNA got entered in as well. And we think, and we don't know for sure, but it, it seems like the timing of when they said that they showed up is when Rh negative showed up. And we became a different kind of species. So RH negative changed us in many, many ways. I mean, not just because of the universal donor or the purest form of blood known to man, but RH negative people think different. They have different views on the world. They look at things in a different light. And in case you don't know this, the majority of Hollywood actors and actresses and about half the politicians have blue or green eyes, which is a direct mutation of RH negative. Yeah, so in one way or another, that Rh negative is pushed to take over most of the politicians in the world. That just scares me. No, because they're not O negative or Rh negative. They're 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 just a, a real... So, in other words, so let's say like Donald Trump, or no, we'll use Biden because he's current. His he's he's probably his blood type is probably positive, but someone in his family, I can guarantee, is Rh negative. That's why he's got the colored eyes. They came from them. Yeah. Well, we know their mutations. So to help people out, and this really makes people mad when I talk about this, but to help people out two million years ago, not even that, 200,000 years ago, we were brown skin, brown hair, and brown eye. We were a very boring species. That's who we were. Well, yeah, some of them were black and some of them lived in more open areas where they're darker, but in the end, that's what the species was. Brown skin, brown eyes, brown hair. That's that's what they were. That's who and what we were. And then this mutation of RH negative came in, which was a mutation, and it triggered other mutations like colored eyes and stuff like that. We don't know what all mutations have trigger, and we don't know what all it's going to trigger. All we know is thanks to it, it changed the way we understand hematology and the way we understand the way blood acts and works. It changed the way we looked at blood all the way around. It's a very interesting, and then you have the RH negative people who seem like about 65% of them are, are being taken. And remember, they're only 15% of the world's population. It is growing, but they are. Think about this. Somewhere along the line, 50,000, 200,000 years ago, this mutation came along, RH negative, that didn't exist before then. And uh, like it was like a booster shot in the human race. But for what reason? Mother Nature wouldn't have done it, because don't forget, negative and positives can't have babies together it kills them until i think the 70s you had to go get a blood test oh no to the 80s you had to go get a blood test before you could get married to make sure you were compatible to have children yeah they finally invented a shot the antigen gg they can give you a shot now and you can still have babies if you're o negative i mean if you're a or positive or positive or negative sorry um, but before that you couldn't so this was something that killed babies This wasn't something, so you got to figure this out. Somehow or another, a mutation that kills, gives stillborn babies, still somehow or another made it to 15% of the population. How in the hell is that even possible? Yeah, because the the odds are, when when you're negative and positive, the odds of your baby surviving is less than 40%. Yeah, less than 40%. So there wouldn't have been no positive growth. You got to figure out what the hell's going on here. Hmm. I don't know, Jack, but it's 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 definitely a strange thing, and something we need to learn about. <laughs> you asshole! Uh, See, so you made me curse on air. Hmm. Well, you know, Kevin, you're probably right. Uh, here, let me put this up so y'all can see it. You're probably right, because what we understand of the reptilians today, that's how they would do it. Uh, they would just come in and, and manipulate the egg and the sperm, and, and we create what they wanted. But, so you know this, there are cases for both reptilian humans, that do have sex with both male and females on this planet. Oh, yeah. I didn't believe it in the old days. i got to be honest with you. It took them a long time. Oh, and a lot of abductees and contactees being hypnotized before I actually believed that that was going on. Well, I kept thinking, why would an advanced race want to come here? Earth girls are easy. You ain't got to rape them. What the hell? And I know, you know, thinking about the movie, people, don't go get crazy. But you got to wonder. But there are cases where reptilian men or reptilian females take a liking to uh, a contactee, and there are times when the humans do. I've never heard the greys doing it. No, I've never heard the greys doing it. I don't even know if the greys have those type of reproduction organs i don't know i mean i'd be lying uh it'd be interesting but the grays and the the grays all the time are modifying humans we hear about that all the time remember they're the number one egg stealer so for a long time we had this thing called the missing baby syndrome when i first got in this field before time was even time um I used to hear about these cases where someone said they were pregnant and then the baby'd go missing. So I was working for MUFON at the time and I started running across a few of these cases. And I started looking up the paperwork. So when we had people that came in and started saying, Hey, uh, Joe, um, you know, look, I'm pregnant. Okay, so if they were abducted and we and they were pregnant a lot of times, what we'd have them do is verify the pregnancy. Uh ultrasound. Yeah, ultrasound. There's a couple of ways you can verify pregnancy. Not so they would go in and get the shot, and, you know, I mean, the shot. They'd go and give the blood and, and find out that, you know, yes, they were pregnant or pee on the thing and find out they were pregnant. So, but that's not verification. Ultrasound is a true verification. You can actually physically see the baby. Um, yes. And we had many, many of these. So what had seemed to be going on is you would get these done. The women usually get them done around two months and about um, a third month, the baby was gone, but, it was more than that. It wasn't just like the baby was going like a lot of people thought it was spontaneous abortion. Sorry, guys. Thought I had that off. Uh, a lot of people said it may have been spontaneous abortion or other types of abortion, but it wasn't because when you when they went back to the doctor, it was like they had never been pregnant. In other words, all their hormones were back in balance. In case you've never been around a pregnant woman, their hormones change a lot, their emotional states change a lot. All of this goes back in the balance. There's no sign of any any damage in the womb or uterus or anything else or that there had even been a baby ever. So as far as the doctor's concerned, it wasn't. And, it, and the doctors wanted to say false pregnancy, but when you got an ultrasound, you can't call it a false pregnancy. And so these women kept their ultrasounds and all their information, and they even got the doctors, allowed them to write it up on what they possibly thought it could possibly be, but no one could come up with an answer. And then... As big as this came on, we had more than 5,000 cases we ran, we ran over of this. And as big as this came on through the late 80s and into the 90s, it faded away around the late 90s into 2000. Or we just stopped hearing about it. Or maybe they came with, with a better way of doing it. Maybe they have an artificial room on board the ship now. I don't know what they did, but it just, or maybe they got enough of them. Well, everybody in the early days, everybody always thought, The greys were here. They needed our our DNA or the reptilians, the humans were here because they needed our DNA or our emotional whatever. Bullshit. These are races well beyond anything we can even think of. I mean, they would consider it pollution people to put our DNA into their bodies. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. The human aliens consider us at the very best is some trash, distant, crap cousin that probably lives out in the woods somewhere and can't even speak English hardly. Uh, every now and then they take a like into a human, which is, is weird, but you do hear about one that gets advanced knowledges and they just take a like into it. It's like a, your favorite pet or something. The reptilians are a little different because the reptilians consider abductees to be family because they share DNA. And sometimes they even share, um, genetic memory. The reptilians have a genetic memory, so it can confuse a contactee if, if it's comes out into one. And the greys, the greys would rather die than even think about having human DNA in them. Oh, my God, no. I don't know where people come up with, because humans have to make it about us. We're the most important thing in the cosmos, in the universe. No, we're not, people. Just so you know, right now, we may be one day, but we're not right now. Uh, not to say that humans can't achieve greatness in a million years or 50,000 years or a hundred thousand years or however long it takes. I mean, it may take a billion years. Uh, we can achieve greatness, but not right now. Right now we're petty, ignorant, backwards, and don't know our ass from a hole in the ground. And don't, if you want to, don't I'm sorry if I offended anybody, but that's where we are. When you look at us, it's always about us first. We never thought that, Oh, the aliens are coming here to maybe help us or to give us stuff. Or even maybe just to observe, we had to make a whole thing out of it. And then when they started taking us, then it was like, well, they're taking us because they need us. When in reality, we need them. Did you ever stop and think when they, when people used to talk about these husk bodies on all these ships, they would go on ships and they would see lines and lines and lines and lines of what looked to be human bodies. Some a little heavier, some a little skinnier, uh, but usually sometimes they can recognize the people, they can even recognize themselves sometimes. Well, did you ever stop to think that that's what they're doing? They're using their DNA to create better bodies for the people that they're going to keep? The ones that they find may need to have a longer life? Did you ever stop to think that's what this is about? You know, let's let's look at somebody like Einstein. Maybe they decided when he died to grab him his consciousness as he died. And uploaded it into a new body. You know, it's funny about that, or I shouldn't say funny about it, but one of the things my Christian friends get upset about is they're like, well, Joe, they're cheating him out of heaven. I said, well, maybe they are, but maybe he wanted to go. Because we never could figure, it took for a long time. I mean, we're talking years. Uh, we used to get reports of UFOs over mortuaries, UFOs over graveyards, UFOs over hospitals. It was driving us crazy. And, and we were getting lots of reports of them. We still do, actually. And I'm like, what the hell? What the hell? What the hell? What are they doing? Are they, are they looking for dead people so they could eat them? I'm like, what the hell is going on? there? It's morbid, but still. Um, but what it seems to be is up to th- I think they said it's up to three days they can take your consciousness from your body and upload it into a new body. And that's what they're doing because uh, people say, well, people go missing. Well, they don't really need missing people. They can take dead people or dead contactees. And those people can get into new bodies and go procreate and go live somewhere else or, you mean come back and live. I don't think they let them come back here. I don't. I don't. I don't think because of the way the new brain is designed and the new body's designed. I think we would stand out too much. There's a book called Rachel's Eyes. You can go read, and that might help you to understand what I'm talking about right now. Whether it's all completely true or not, I, I couldn't honestly tell you. I met um, the mother, and uh, I never met the daughter. I met one of the um, the operatives. I think he was CIA that worked with the daughter. Um, she was very strange looking. She didn't look normal. She would try, they were trying to put her in a college, but she had to have special foods and special things. And, uh, she looked like kind of like an alien and eventually they just, they disappeared or she just disappeared. And I think a lot of times that's why the grays and, and them take those babies anyways, that they couldn't fit in our society. Um, they may look different or act different or have special abilities that, you know, we're not ready for yet. That's probably why they were taken. <laughs> Again, I don't think the Greys would put human DNA in their bodies. I think they'd be like, get out of here. It's like when people tell me, they don't have emotions. My ass, the Greys have emotions. And they, they have pretty hearty emotions at that. Well, so on a couple of occasions when military abductions have come in with special contactees, the Greys have went and retrieved their contactees. And sometimes they can be quite violent. There's even been deaths involved uh the grays do not like you screw none of the races do they don't want you screwing what any of their advanced contactees if you do this consequences for it they don't even like you recruiting their telepaths and sometimes they may lay a government keep a telepath but usually they'll go get them or they'll go stun their ability stunt their ability i'm sorry so they don't have the ability anymore the government just releases them it's probably one of the reasons they've been having such a hard time getting telepaths in the first place well they will offer a couple of not just the Navy and the Air Force, uh, who actually officially put their program out in 1920. Um, I'm sorry, in 2020. Um, other companies were offering big money if you had leave and latent telepathic abilities to come work for. Him. And stupid Randy still got a million dollars out there if you can, you know, make the quarter slot across the table, or read his mind or something like that. He's an ass. I've seen people read his mind a couple of times. He's like, no, no, he's like, oh, yeah, dude. Um, I told one guy. I said, "When you go on, he tells you no. Tell him you want not to take a polygraph." He got all kind of bit, butt hurt and all kind of. He didn't even do any for a while after that. I oh, but don't, I don't, well, he might be dead now. I don't know. I don't keep up with asses like that. He's he's never had any plans in giving that money away. You could you could have levitated him, and he still would have said, "Oh, it was done with strings tied to my ass." Yeah, no, it's just the kind of guy he is. Well, you know, it's funny because um almost almost all psychics, well, all psyches will have been taken. Whether they're gonna remember or not is gonna be different. And you know, this I used to tell people this all the time, we still talk about this, but contactees, actually, let me rephrase that. Abductees have a hard time finding out who they are. They'll 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 try different religions, they'll try, try being psychics, they'll try getting into paranormal groups, they're trying to hunt for what's actually going on to them. But they don't want to think about aliens, so they try everything else they can. So I tell people all the time, I said, if you have true psychic abilities, you should be hypnotized to find out who the hell is abducting you. Because in your family line, they've been being abducted for how many of Thousands of years. And remember this, the grays, reptilians, and the humans have lifespans that they could easily have been around for your great-great-grandmother a hundred times removed. It could be the same damn gray abducting them. So you could go back 200,000 years and find the same gray abducting then that's taking you. Think about that. And think about the intimate knowledge they'll have of your family that is lost to you. Yeah, think about the relatives you don't even know existed because it's lost to you and your family. You know, on Ancestry.com, and from time to time, I, I get new information. Like, you know, I come from my, part of my lineage is Italian, other parts of Viking, so. Um, but it was weird when I first in Ancestry it said I was only 7%. Didn't even say 7% Italian, said I 7% Mediterranean. I'm like, what? So, because I know my dad was 50%. I'm like, oh, hey, there's some funky business going on here. And then after it had been updated a few times from other family members, it came back that I was 27% Italian, which is what I'm supposed to be. Uh, I was like 18% North Italian and 7% or six, eight, seven or 8% Southern, which is what it parts with. The rest of it's, it's yeah, it's well Scottish, Irish. That's why we say Vikings, because that's where the Vikings used to rape and pillage. and <laughs> They didn't really rape them, but that's the places they conquered and lived for long at periods of time. Yeah. Oh, I don't mind. I mean, I'm 44% that. And then I got a couple other things. I just fell short of being a mutt by one thing. Uh, the needs of mutt is if you have more than seven. You know, if you have a dog, if it has more than seven breeds, it's a mutt. <laughs> Humans are the same thing. You have more than seven breeds, you're a mutt. Yeah, what can I tell you? <laughs> it's okay. I give friends of mine trouble all the time because they get eight or nine or stuff like that. I'm like, damn, man. <laughs> Y'all's family was bad. No, it's, it's cool knowing where most of my family came from. Well, it's 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 interesting to find that out. One of these nights I'll talk about it. But if you are a psychic or you possess psychic ability and you're listening to tonight, you should really be hypnotized. Give me a call um, and bring a friend with you? Well, real quick, I'll go over the hypnosis criteria for anybody who comes through our organization. So first off, uh, we're going to meet, we're going to talk, we're going to chat. Then you're going to write up an, a, about an experience as much as anything you can remember. If you can't remember anything, you're going to, you're going to talk about the weird things that happen on weird dates, like seeing weird stuff or hearing weird stuff or experiencing weird stuff on certain dates. And that's going to come into play later. You're going to bring a friend with you who you trust implicitly somebody you would trust with your life because that's basically what you're doing. I always bring somebody with me. I also bring, I also want you to bring a handheld tape recorder. I want you to put it on your chest for the entire time. This hypnosis session is going on because I want to, they don't need to hear me. They need to hear what you're saying. And I want you to be able to have that as your own personal record. I also do a videotape and an audio tape of the whole thing. And you'll notice right next to you, I'll put a voice stressometer that's going to be going the entire time of the, of the thing. Well, this isn't, this isn't, no, we're not doing voice stress. We're doing hypnosis. The meter is there for me to judge emotional states of certain questions. Because sometimes when I hypnotize somebody, I turn their emotions off because it's too much to get through the session. And sometimes I leave it on so that I I can actually see uh, the depth of the emotion that the individual is feeling. And it makes a difference in in questioning. But anyway, so, you know, you're going to bring them, we're going to bring us, we're going to set everything up. I'm going to put you under, we're going to do the whole thing. But what's going to happen is, is you're going to give me a date, a time, and a place, and I'm going to say, okay, Mary Lynn Johnson, tell me about October 25th of 1985, uh, and then you're going to start talking. And then and that's after I bring you down to the picture place. On, I'll put you on the stairs somewhere, standing on a, a ledge on a staircase, and then there's a picture. I forgot what you're calling. That's in my, not in my brain, but anyway, it just sits in and spins. Once I ask you this date, you can just touch it. And it opens up and you can actually explore it and, and get into it and, and bring it all around you. It's a great way of doing hypnosis. And it works really well. And it allows for these people to do it. So then while this is going on, I say, well, tell me what you're seeing. Because we're not allowed to use the word extraterrestrial, gray, reptilian, even none of that spaceship, UFO, none of that's allowed to be used in the initial hypnosis at all. You have to say it. I cannot say it. I can't even rope you into it. So if you're telling me, you're saying, I see something. I said, well, what kind of, can you tell me what it is? Can you give me a description of what you're seeing? Um, you're not going to hear me hear the word. Actually, I'm not going to say, is it extraterrestrial? Is it a gray? I say, no. Is it some type of, does it look like a person walking? And then you're going to, you're going to adjust or correct me for whatever it is. And that's the way to do it. And now once that's done, you and I and the other two people and some of our team, are going to sit down together and we're going to go through the whole thing. And then we're going to formulate a questions based on what we found in that hypnosis session and then we'll go back and put you up and then we'll ask those questions in the hypnosis session and you're amazed at what the hell comes out and how well it works Uh, no one else does hypnosis like we do Um, and the reason we designed it that way is because there are so many people that do such sloppy hypnosis that it's not even funny And no, people do sloppy hypnosis all the time Uh, the way we do it is much more guaranteed it's well, it's always better to do it in person you can do it online but online's a lot harder. people get easily distracted and usually you're you're gonna be lucky if you if you can get them to level two or three, which is kind of like a a really light hypnosis it's they're half awake half hypnotized they can still judge noises and stuff around them which you really don't want yeah trying to get them any deep in that is really hard without the use of drugs uh there's a couple of drugs: sodium pentothal, sodium amethal combination. Yeah, don't put your ass out. But you don't want to put them out to where they're not thinking, or 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 can you? If, if you're going to use a combination, it's got to be a combination that still allows them to think. Yeah, <laughs> you can't go get them load, all loaded up. That's not how it works. No, we got to take a quick break here, right? No, well, we'll we'll will in a second. Um, there's just a lot of stuff that goes on in hypnosis that you got to be careful with. And we're, we're we're precise. And so getting back to what we were talking about before that, so a lot of times, you know, you'll find telepathic abilities come out of this stuff. Um, it helps us to judge people's abilities. And if you are a telepath or an empath, you are an abductee. I would, I would bet my entire fortune on it, which, well, you know, it's not much, but I, I wouldn't bet the whole thing. That's how sure I'm because there's no such thing. So far in all the time I've been doing this and all the people I've talked to and all the other groups that I work with that's talked to no one's found a abductee or a contactee that's not empathic or telepathic. None. It's none. It just doesn't happen cuz you're not if you don't have those abilities you're not an abductee or a contactee. You're just someone slinging a lot of bullshit around. Yeah. No, I'm serious. I'm not trying to be rude. I'm serious. I mean, I've been doing this a long time. This is like do you realize I, I've been in abduction research more than half the planet's been alive? Well, yet it's a fact. Yeah, asshole, yeah, I'm getting old. What can I say? But still, I've been doing it a long time. I know a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff. Uh, some stuff that I talk about, some stuff that I don't talk about. Anyway, we're going to take about a three minute break. We will be right back. So just stay tuned and we'll get more deeper into what the hell they want us for.
2: Showing the truth to me Are you little men from the stars? Listening to UFO Undercover with your host, Joe Montaldo, right here on the Paranormal Radio Network. Welcome to UFO Undercover with your host, Joe Montaldo.
0: Well, that was quick. I'm still not used to going and taking breaks. I still got to get the whole network used. To it. It's a pain in the ass. It's uh, we'll be doing promos and commercials in the real real soon. So get ready for them. Um, just a lot of going on. So when I look at this a lot of times, and I think, okay, so they came here a long time ago. All of this went on, but still, I mean, here we are, two hundred thousand years later, and, and this shit's still going on. Why? I mean, what is it? Are they watching us that close? Sometimes I wonder if they want to see how they all became the omnipotent, omnipotent superbeans they are today. And by following our progression, they could do it. Or maybe they're waiting for that spark that's going to make us that omnipotent superbean so they can cut it out so we don't become that. Because think about it if this was to happen soon, like in the next 10,000 years, we're still not going to be a very well refined race. I mean, a lot of ways we're going backwards and not forward. I mean, as far as our behavior goes, um, think about this. So for, for a while, for you go back 6,000 8,000 years, we were insane. I mean, raping, pilling, killing, pillaging, this went all the way through, go to the Mesoamerican, same thing going there. okay. Then all of a sudden we start making forward progress. We're ending wars. We're bringing laws in. We're changing things. We're making life better for humans. Yeah, there's 8 billion people on this planet, but 5 billion of them are living really good. And we're working on getting the other 3 billion living good. Okay, that's all fine. So we're doing good things. And then as we're making progression, all of a sudden out of the blue, Putin's trying to start World War Three. Why? Why well, can't? And then Xi Jinping, you know, I like Xi Jinping, but... You know, he's got a communist regime that's still... And then we got Kim Jong-un and we have Venezuela and Cuba. I mean, we still have places on this planet that we shouldn't have in the year 2023. And if you look at our attitudes, they're no different than they were 2,000 years ago or 4,000 years ago or 5,000 years ago. The only difference is that now we have electronics, we can express it, and we have running toilets and flying craft. But really if if you go back if you just took a person you asked him 10 questions and you went back and passed in 10 questions we have to ask 10 questions that are relatively each each individual would understand what you were asking but still you get the same answers i mean there's a lot of things the romans did that we still can't repeat today and they fell not the only ones the greeks fell the romans fell the, what do you mean the chinese the chinese didn't have to fall they wrapped themselves up in the uh, put a fence around their cells and didn't come out. Then, if they keep on the path they're going today, they will fall. Because, you know, the world likes shiny new stuff, but after you start holding them down and screwing them over for a while with the shiny new stuff, then they just get to the point where, okay, well, we're going back to what we were doing before the shiny new stuff. Now It's an interesting planet we live on. And there shouldn't be 200 set- separate countries. Anytime I think about 200 separate countries, I think how, how antiquated we are, how backwards we are. I can guarantee you no alien races that are visiting this planet have more than one country on their world. I can guarantee you, their world is united. I guarantee anybody who's colonizing deep space and moving all the time, unless they're Elon Musk, uh, is coming from a united planet. I don't even think the others would even consider you to be a civilized world until the world was united. Regardless what it unites for, whether it unites for good, bad, or indifferent, it still should be a united world. And there has been opportunities to do it, but either cowardness or stupidness or goodness stopped it from happening. Really and truly, at the end of World War II, The Europeans and Americans should have united the planet, and that should have been the end of it. They could have easily took Russia. Nobody else could have stood against them. It would be now, it would be a one-world government. Yes, everybody could have their little religions wherever they lived on their planet, and we'd have a one-world government now. There would not be near as much star, near as much disasters on a planet as there is today, and everything would be much more controllable. And we wouldn't be spending... As a world, what is it, $3 trillion a year on defense? We'd be spending that on things like science and cancer and, and progressing the human species. You know how much farther we'd be today? Do you know if you could just take out the Middle Ages, that 500 years of the Dark Ages, we would actually be almost 4,000 years more advanced today than we are today? No, that's science. You don't have to take my word for it. You can go look it up. That's how much damage it did to us. And we're still doing it. We didn't learn anything. We're still doing it as a society, as a world. I mean, I'm watching America try to erase, it, erase its history. Oh, let's rewrite books. Really? That's erasing your history when you rewrite books. And you know what happened to societies that erase their history? They tend to repeat bad history. I know. And this is a society here that wants to understand that aliens do exist. but they, they want to, to say, hey they exist you know so far everything that's come forward i've predicted which is great for me there's episodes of wake up usa and the oh and the very early ufo and the coverage you can go listen to me talking about the decision de- de- td the descents program wow, i'm tongue-tied tonight yes well it's a program that's been going on since i don't know probably the 30s maybe the 40s uh it, it started somewhere either before or after or before doing world war ii No, it actually started before, and I think it was in the 20s. Somewhere along the line, we realized that there was going to be contact. So we started putting aliens into everything. So, I mean, basically, you can go back about, what is it, to the 1800s, maybe even to the late 1700s, and see stuff where they're talking about, like going to other worlds or Jules Verne's or stuff like this. You can see stuff, and then as it progresses forward – even things like uh, Walt Disney, Mickey Mouse was putting them in there. More and more we started seeing in our societies, more and more, then all of a sudden it's on bags of potato chips. It's, it's the biggest selling movies are always alien movies. What? Avatar? <laughs> okay. yeah. What's that? Oh, wait. That, oh, that's an alien movie. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, uh, Oh, you mean you're talking about the Marvel movies and how many aliens are in those movies? Ooh, a lot of them never, Thor, is Thor from here? No, Thor is an alien last I checked <laughs> Yes, he is and he's not the only alien in the group Superman is an alien He's not from Earth But it's the point I mean, we were showing that aliens could be You know, be good and help us And and be part of our society And, and we could also show how they were evil and bastards And could destroy us But we've been—it's in all of our movies Star Trek, I mean, come on what is Star Trek about now? There's a lot of humans in Star Trek, I don't want to lie, but there are aliens in Star Trek, and there's lots of aliens. <sighs> what was Spock? What was Spock? Spock was an alien. He's like one of the number one aliens on the planet. Oh, you're talking about Enterprise. Um uh Tapal, 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 however it went. Oh, yeah, I'm in love with her still. Yes, yes, what can I say? She's also an alien. <laughs> We're not. Oh, wait. What did I do? Unplug the mic. Sorry, guys. Or the camera. What the hell did I hit? I don't know. This computer is getting sensitive today for some reason. It's been doing it all day. But that's the point. I mean, it's everywhere. You look, Sigourney Weaver. Yes, yeah, she was. Oh, I think she met some nasty aliens. Oh, yeah. Um, Ghostbusters. No, I don't think Ghostbusters met any. At least not yet. I'm sorry, man. I didn't mean to do that stupid, goofy laugh, but as far as I know, there's no aliens and Ghostbusters. No, as far as I know, there's not. That's just crazy. Ghosties them. Oh, we're going to be doing a show on it. By the way, real quick side note. So we've got a show coming up on extraterrestrials. With, Well, so it's not just E.T. So we're going to be talking about God. We're going to be talking about extraterrestrials and there's a couple of other things we're going to throw in there, uh, to just give people a basic headache. And well, to my, i refri- to say this tonight, but to my religious friends, there's a lot of things I want to say to my non-religious friends. There's a lot of people I want to say, uh, what I can't, I can't make out your name anyway. Um, uh, no, I'm spiritual, not religious. Always. I have been most of my life is mostly spiritual. Mm-hmm. That's just all I can tell you religious is not a good thing for me. Spiritual is a good thing for me though. Yeah. So we'll leave it at that. So anyway, at the point we're at, you know, we're being bombarded everywhere. You look on television, TV. I mean, how many TV shows are they are about extraterrestrials? I mean, they're everywhere. What are you talking about? Oh, legends of the Mar. Well, they, were they aliens? I know they dealt with a lot of aliens, but I don't think any of them were actually aliens. I have to think about it. But um, DC, that's yes, DC, by the way. Yeah. Well, all of them did. Green Green Arrow did. Flash did. They're all dealing with aliens. We had Black Adam. I think he was an alien. Well, he was a god, but he was an alien god. That's the point. You can't turn on a television. Or go to a movie theater without being bombarded by extraterrestrials. I mean, it's on your Doritos bag. It's on your Fritos bag. Hell, half the time McDonald's shit's covered in alien stuff. For that matter, all of the fast food restaurants are. So you're being desensitized. desensitized. Slowly but surely, you're getting used to seeing aliens, the pictures of aliens, what alien looks like. When you ever see a real alien walking the street, you're going to be like, hey, it looks like the guy in a Dorito bag. You're not even going to think about it. Uh, You're going to be, that's how desensitized you're going to be to this. It's part of the program. And then wait. So then I said, and you can check this for yourself. You don't have to take me at my word. Thank God I made all these recordings early on, man, I got to say. So then I said, the next part of the program will be where we'll start finding things on Mars that might be life, like microbiological life. Well, which we found just recently, and I said you will also find water on Mars and the Moon. Which guess what? We found both of them. Um, I know. So this is 35 years ago. I predicted this. How in the hell could I have known this? And it took NASA 35 freaking years to figure it out. I mean, I'm a nobody. I should have known any of this. So then the next part of it is they're going to find something. Maybe it looks like a mouse or some kind of crap like that. But they're going to find something more of an animal. They might even find when we get to Mars, we might even find uh, something alive underground. Since we know there's liquid water and heat, there could be life. It's a good chance, especially at the southern and northern poles, that there could be life. And we have noticed when, I forgot which pole it was, when it melts, right after it melts, about a, a couple weeks after it melts, the whole area gets this really black, weird look to it. And then it, when it starts snowing again, an ice cap comes back, it goes away. I think it might be some kind of some kind of plant, some kind of algae or something. Yeah. Something just growing. And where there's algae, there's probably other types of animals eating and living on them. There's probably liquid water below the surface. There probably, there may be plants below the surface. That's the problem. We really just don't know where all this is going to go. But anyway, they're going to probably find something along those lines. And then, and then the shit's going to hit the fan. No, we're not going to find an alien. We're going to find, an artifact yes we're going to find something to suggest that there is other life in the universe than us but it's going to be something old like from a couple million years ago something we don't have to worry about something that's like oh well yeah you know joe we found this this ruin on mars but it looks like it dates back like 50 million years, so what's a big deal? Or even a couple hundred thousand years, what's the big deal? they do not run around anymore. So, and that's how. And then sooner or later, we'll find lots of stuff like that. We'll find more and more stuff that's letting us know that there's there's something else alive in the universe in us. And then, bam! One afternoon or one morning, there'll be extraterrestrial contact, which there already has been. As far as as far as the aliens are concerned. Full contact has already happened. All the abductees and contactees they wanted have been contacted or are being taken. They don't really care about the other 6.5 billion people on the planet. That's They, they, they have no concern about them. Just the 1.5 billion that fits into their criteria for abductions, family lines. Don't ask me. Jackie wanted to know, uh, is there any particular... Um, planet. I mean, any particular planet? Uh, planet. Any particular country where they abduct the most? I don't know. I, I tell you this though. I would bet you money. Back in the day, when there was mass migrations to places like South America and America, that even Canada, I bet you a lot of those people would turn out to be contactees. So I would think the concentration in the new world is probably higher than in the old world, but only because those are the people who ran and fled. Uh, afterwards, because those would have been the people who bucked the religions, that bucked the system, that they thought they knew better, that they had more understanding. That would have been the one. So they would have probably fled to the Americas. And and, and, and you mean Australia? There's a lot of contactees in Australia, even though it was a prison. Well, it was a prison continent, so. No, not everybody in Australia is related to a prisoner. There are a lot, though. Don't get me wrong. A lot of them are related to prison. A lot of them are related to some pretty hairy, scary prisoners. Well, you know, it was a good place to put your prisoners. They couldn't escape. Where were they going to go? Go eaten by a giant great white or a crocodile? I mean, come on. You can't ask for a better prison. <laughs> I mean, shit. Oh, man. Uh Dean. Oh, they're next. That's the outer realm with the lovely Michelle DeRose and the fabuloso Emilia Passano. Yes. Mm-hmm. No, no, they they always do a good show. Just check them out. They'll be, they'll be coming up next. Yes, they are also on Roku. So if you are on Roku Television, if you would love to see the ladies' lovely faces and zoom in and say how you doing, and uh, I really mean, what do I do? Cut my mustache bro. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm messing with stuff. Mm. Well, people see you on TV now. And they see you a lot. And uh, it's very interesting to watch. Well, for me, you know, I like to get up there and zoom in and see what's going on, see what I can see in the background. You mean what's in my background? You got this. There's another background over there I use, too, and another one over there that I use. Yeah, it just depends what co- computer I'm sitting at. Well, this computer is actually built for just for me to broadcast off of. Yeah, it's all, it doesn't do anything else. It just sits here until I, I decide to do a radio show. Well, so that's just part of the desensitization program. So they're taking our citizens. They have been taking our citizens for at least 200,000 years. How long the grays have been in that, I don't know. I want to say they've only been in it the last 40,000 years because that's when RH negative showed up on the scene, but there's no way of proving that and um do our check is positive, and let me tell you what we stumbled on this so icard does all kind of research programs I don't, I don't know if you all know that or not, but one of the organizations i do business with we do a lot of different research pro- projects and this was a project i was talking to one of my directors who's actually passed away now and another director who's a friend of mine who's retired i was talking with him and i said you know we need a way to find abductees and contactees that don't know the abductees in contact. So we put out the work thing. There's actually, it's still up there. Uh, what kind of profession are you in? And, and when you go look at the profession list, I think now there's uh, almost 18,000 people that have taken that particular thing. It's crazy. It's every freaking profession you can think of. There's not one particular one that anybody's coming out of. So there's no way to say, oh, it's all politicians. It's all this, it's all that. It's not. I mean, it's just, it's everybody. Uh, it's all across the board. It's crazy. So but that was still nice. But anyway, the blood type study got started because of that. We needed to know or we didn't need to know. We wanted to know to find people who didn't know. So we put the blood type study up. I um, contacted his hematologist. He laughed at me. I contacted him. he laughed at me. I'm about 15. I mean, then, so I went back and there was a guy who was doing a research project, a big one. As a matter of fact, his maps are still on our site today. And um, I, I said, look, dude, I said, I'm trying to find out why, if there's a particular blood type that affects these people. And I said, now look, we're talking about alien contact, or alien abductee, but it could also be that there's some kind of psychological, psychopath, psychopathic um, thing going on here, and maybe the blood type would help us to learn that too. He so said he agreed, so he agreed. So when he agreed, two of the other guys agreed too. So we started every case, man. We went through every case we had, and at the time, I don't know, it was like twenty-eight or thirty thousand cases. So Um, I happened to go on coast to coast. I just went on with Melinda Leslie. We were talking about military abductions. And so I announced that we were doing this project and then I announced it on a couple other things. And I was on a um, paranormal TV show on uh, not on, I was on discovery and um, I announced it there. And then I announced it, you know, I went on the radio to to radio tour across everybody's shows that I know. And uh, a bunch of other networks that I go on and some FMAM channels and, Anyway, that particular year probably hit 100, 150 media events. And um, so I got out there and it started talking. So it got up. I think it's, I want to say it's somewhere at 56, 57,000 on the website. And somewhere then inside the caseload, there was, we have 96,000 cases with ICAR that we consider to be legitimate abductions that we've gone through over the last 35 years. I mean, over the last 30 years. So out of that, we didn't start asking for blood types through halfway through. Uh, so we're probably sitting somewhere. I, I would say 75, maybe 80,000 people have taken the blood type study now. And um, and I, I will say this, both Brazil and Portugal, um, not Portugal, um, damn. Was it Portugal? Well, I don't think it's not Portugal. Anyway, both of these had joined the organization back about 30 years ago, and uh, they had both did these real big studies on the humans. Uh, each one turned in about 5,500 uh, human cases that they had going through, that they considered acceptable cases based on our criteria, and, um, and joined the organization. Great people. So they actually went back. It says you good at people. They actually went back, got the phone numbers out, and contacted each one of the individuals and asked them what their blood type was. And while they were doing it, they, they had children or, or underlings or nearby families they asked them what their blood types were as well. So that was something like 17,000 cases right there that came back or 17,000 apps that came back. Uh, a lot of people took it on the website. I mean, there's just a lot of people taking it on the website. On the website, though, the downside to the website is, even though it, it pans out the same results as the ones that came off the apps, is you don't know if they're abductees or not. They could be lying. But – Everybody else that we did were abductees. So there was 45,000 cases that were definitely abductees. And then, of course, if you throw the website in there, you know it's going to put you in eighty somewhere. So the the evidence is solid. I mean, it's solid. They prefer Rh negative. It's it's like sixty-five percent. It might even be sixty-seven percent of abductees are Rh negative. Mm, makes you wonder what the hell's going on, doesn't it? Then there's an outline issue that South America and Central America are 98% O blood. Now, is it O negative? Is it O positive? I don't know, but it's 98%. You can't find that anywhere else in the world. And think, there's some issues here. Remember, we were supposed to come over in a land bridge, which would have been with different groups. And then the Europeans, the Spaniards came over and conquered. But yet still, even today, it's ninety percent, eight percent of. So that tells you one thing: the Mayans, the Aztecs, and the Incans and the Toltecs were all related to each other. Oh yeah, so these were rise and falls of the same family lines, basically. Um, maybe that's why the civilizations were so similar. Uh, I mean, they weren't exactly similar, but they they were a lot of similarities in those those societies especially with the reptilians and how much they revered them. And that's the other thing until 2000 years ago, the reptilian was revered on this planet. He wasn't hated or she wasn't hated. She was revered. And then somewhere around the birth of Christ that changed and they became, well, I guess because the reptilian got them thrown out of the damn garden and they became hated. But for all the old releases, they would they were, the, they were the fertility gods. They were the ones that brought the children. Like, you know, Stark brings the children. <laughs> Don't start with the Stark shit. Uh, yeah, it was the same thing. It's it's, But all of this correlates into something. So knowing now that about 67% of abductees and contactees are RH negative makes a difference. No, no, Glenn. They're not O negative. They're RH negative. Don't get me wrong. There's a big chunk, about half of them are R. O negative, but still, it's the group that makes them up. A, B, negative, A negative, B negative, O negative. Yeah. Well, all all bloods fall within those parameters, even if there are some oddballs out there, they all fall within those parameters. Don't ask me, dude. But working with these guys was interesting, and when I turned them over, what I had, I got a phone call, I got a, a Conference call back then we didn't have Zoom people, there was things not Zoom stuff like this didn't even exist. We had to do a conference call, you know, with the hit the little butt anyway. Uh And we talked about this, and these guys were amazed. They were amazed. Um, they were also amazed at what they found about South America. Remember, these 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 guys are ten year they they you know everybody was going to take them serious. So I talked to them, and they asked me if it would be okay if they they included our information. I said, yeah, but you are going to freaking lose your job. Because, you know, this was maybe 20, maybe 2000, maybe 2004 or five, somewhere around there. And I told him, I said, I, don't, I do not think society is ready for this yet. I said, I, I really don't. I said, we're going to put it on our website. and we're going to start publicizing it. But even we waited almost 10 years to publish it. Yeah, even I, I held on to it that long. And then I did, I was on, a, um, I forgot whose radio show it was, and they asked me about it. And I didn't. As soon as I talked to him about it, then ancient aliens contacted me and asked me if I'd come talk about it. And then two years later, ancient aliens asked me again to come talk about it. But then they had Linda Moulton there, like she was an expert. And I'm like, where the, did you come from? Nobody, nobody in the field was doing this but ICAR. And the only person who was even close to us was one of our directors who left and went to work for free. They did it over there. Of course, they said it was RH positive because everybody on the board is RH positive. But that's why you can't have a board like that. No, you can't. Evidence has to be pure. It can't be no you mean oh all of our boards are oh negative? No. You mean RH negative? No, they're not. The majority of the, the people who run iCar are probably positive. Oh, I'm negative, yeah. But I didn't get the final say in it. See, the way the organization and it's still set up is is always someone who oversees everybody else. So what I mean by that, even though I'm international director, I'm the head director and spokesperson. We always have someone who keeps us from believing our own press, checking out everything we're saying. Like, so whoever the national director is, is responsible to make sure whatever the international director is talking about is within the guidelines of the outside of the organization. That used to be a good friend of mine, D. Andrew. And when I rewrote the Betty and Barney Hill case, she called me up. And she said, Joe, no. This is exactly how she said it. She goes, Joe, no. I was like, what do you mean, no? I said, who told you? She said, Joe, no. I was like, so I said D we have to talk about this and we discussed this for weeks she wouldn't let me release it she was like no I was like but 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 she's like butting my ass so I know, a couple of years passes by I was I was in um, Laughlin Nevada and she goes all right we can talk about this but only here and nowhere else and uh, she knew more about Roswell than anyone I ever knew she she made Stanton Freeman look like he was standing still and I like Stanton Oh, I interviewed Stanton usually about five times a year. Yeah, four to five times a year, depending on what was going on. If it was slow, two times a year, but usually about four times a year, yeah. Yeah, I I liked it. We got along good. We cut up. Um, I liked him. My all-time favorite ufologist was, of course, he's passed as well, but uh, Jim Mars, I thought Jim. Jim was an honorary bastard, man. He didn't take no bullshit off of anybody. And when we did research together, it was spot on and there was nobody going to argue it out. First, getting caught between me and him was like suicide anyway, because we were very well educated and really knew what we were talking about. Now, my favorite group of panels I used to do were with Kevin Smith and Jerry Pippin y'all should go listen to those those are good some of those are political so be careful but uh, a lot of them are on on ufos and extraterrestrials yeah they were they were just rated i mean Jerry Pittman was a researcher but he was a radio show host and kevin was a re was a radio show host, but he's a researcher too no they're both past i know man I'm getting old everybody's dying i'm figuring by the time I, I hook up with some groups that i really like i'll be dead now they were all great researchers gave me it but you know what in all fairness I didn't get into ufology like most people do. I wasn't here to be famous, you know. I had a good company that was making good money. Um, I had a good career. I, I, you know, my wife had a good career at the time, and uh, we were just we were just making money and doing whatever the hell we wanted to do. And because of things that had happened to us and other people, we really got into this hot and heavy. Yeah, no, I started with MUFON. I loved Walt Anders. He was a personal friend of mine in Linda's. He actually joined ICAR on the radio so everybody could hear him do it. Yeah, he 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 lost control of the organization to um, what's his name? I can't think of his name right now. Something black or something. Uh, oh, why can't I remember his name? He was black ops though. He worked for some different government projects. He didn't work for the government. He worked for the companies. He's black ops for the companies, yeah. And then uh, the last two, before the guy who's got in charge now, which I haven't even looked at, uh, they were also in Black Ops. One was a code breaker. Yeah, they did different things, but all three of them had Black Ops ties. I left for one reason and one reason only. Everything I sent in disappeared. Never got any feedback. Nobody ever wanted to talk about it. And back then, anything alien abduction related was was a taboo. It was myself and a handful of others that actually took it out of taboo. It took a while, too, about a decade. Oh, yeah, people like Paula Harris quit talking to me, Piola Harris, I, I had actually asked her something. About, and her and I had done four or five interviews again. They had a lot of fun. And I asked her one night about this one particular question. And uh, she got mad and didn't talk to me for a year. Matter of fact, I didn't see her again until I was in Roswell for the 60th. And I walked up and said, I didn't mean to offend you, but and I gave a big hug. And then we started talking again. No, a lot of Richard Dolan, all of them, man. They were all anti-abduction. They're not now. You would think, oh, my God, they invented a thing. But no, they were all against it. And that's one of the reasons we keep archives. So they can't say they weren't. Oh, no. Yeah, they were big time against it. You're talking about Peter Robbins. I think Peter, Peter did left at Eastgate with Larry Warren, which they're both friends of mine. I haven't talked to Peter in a while. Matter of fact, I didn't talk to either one. I talked to Larry three or four years ago. He they were working on that movie, um, Capo Green. No, the book's good. It's a good book. Yeah, you should you should actually check out the book. It's a good book. It's uh it's one of those things that uh, I enjoyed reading. You, they're still available today, it's, as far as I know. You still, well, they don't agree anymore. I don't. I don't. I haven't talked to Peter about this, so I'm not going to speak for him. I know uh, Larry and Sasha got into it over something about he's a liar, this, he's a liar, that. But I know he passed a voice stress analysis and the polygraph. Now, in all fairness, we only, we only polygraphed him and voice stressed him for um, the Rendlesham case. Well, the lady who polygraphed me uh, was the number one polygrapher in the UK. I did the voice stress, but I did the voice stress. on. Okay, so real quick. Uh, Peter Robbins sent me all of the original cassettes way long time ago. Yeah, half of y'all weren't even alive yet. And uh, he sent me these cassettes and we went over them and we ran voice dress on all of them. And based on tapes that we had done with them on other stuff, came back that they were telling the truth. Um, So, the best part is, while you're listening to these tapes, there's some funny shit in there because stuff was scary and they seen stuff in the sky. They seen stuff on the ground. It was hilariously funny. And uh, anyway, so he passed it. So, uh, Cable green had contacted me about doing the voice stress analysis on, on Larry and I said, okay, so we set it up. And the first thing I did is I went through, I took the voice stress meters and I went through three or four shows that I had done with Larry and questions that I knew he was telling the truth on stuff that had nothing to do with the case. I just wanted to get a good, a good line on what he, how his voice looked when he's telling the truth. And I also wanted to see what his, his voice looked like when he was really excited and telling the truth. So anyway, I, I put him on the thing we, we did about two hours worth of voice stress. And then I did two more days with him and the conclusions was he was passing, he passed. So what I got angry about is, um, Colonel Holt, uh, Jim Penniston and the other guy started talking shit about me. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Why are you talking about me? I've, I've never said a word about any of y'all. So that was stupid on that part, because the next thing out of my voice was, well, if you're telling the truth, why don't you come get polygraphed or voice stressed? Because I didn't have anything against these guys. I mean, I thought their time travel story was a bit stupid, but I never said it on air. And uh, so I was like, what the hell? They should have never said that, yeah. It was uh, John Burroughs and Jim Penniston and, and, and Colonel Holt. I don't even know if, they, how, if any of them are still alive. I mean, look, well, it's because it's not important to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, all right, I'll answer that too. Travis has been, a matter of fact, Travis was just on a network in the past uh, month. He was on uh, Chasing Prophecy. Go check it out. Uh, we like Travis. We've done lots of interviews with Travis over the years. I've interviewed him about a half a dozen times. Uh, I know a lot of other people in the network have interviewed him. He's a good interview. He's fun to talk to. I try not to ask questions that he's been asked a half a million times. But I know how it feels. When I when I go to a lecture or something, people start asking me questions, and I'm thinking, uh, do you really want – it's almost like people want to ask you a billion questions to see if you're going to change your mind on what you're saying. <laughs> it's weird. I, I'm never going get angry at anybody. I enjoy it. But it's just hard sometimes when it's the same question. 2000 times. You're kind of like, what? Well, when we talk about the golf breeze case, the personal case in in my own personal life, people, they always ask me Like the first five questions are always the same question. And I understand that this is their first time getting to meet me or the first time they're getting to hear the story. So that's one of the reasons I, I say, but I hate doing that because it's, it's taking up time for the better stuff later down the line. And a lot of times, that's what happens. The really, really good stuff gets cut out because we've spent too much time on the other stuff. Because when you, you, it generates questions. You know, the first question, it generates a second, then a third, then a fourth, and a fifth, and a sixth, and it's taken us away from what I really want people to know about where we were, what we were doing, how it went down, you know, <sighs> stuff like that. Oh no, she, she. You mean Linda? No, she just. She just walked around the fence. Yes. Big fence. Eggland Air Force Base. This woman hates water, by the way. I mean, she definitely is great at water. Walks, goes in the water, walks around the damn fence and starts walking down the beach. And I'm sitting, this is, I mean, this is like 25 years ago. But I'm looking at her going, what are you getting crazy? You're going to prison, bitch. So then I said, oh, I can't let her go by herself. So I will run around the fence and catch up with her. <laughs> She's like, let's go look at this over here. There's a big building. No, there's nobody around by the way we get up to the building we see this this light hanging over what looks to be a, a rail we go up there, we look down and there's a freaking set of stairs going straight down I mean on an angle, we're going straight down it looked like two, 300 feet at least we were both like okay, it's time to leave of course, no, 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 she will not go walk down the stairs I'm like, nope, we out of here and then uh, we went back the next day to go look and see if the stairs were still there and they were gone the only weird part of that whole case was is um, when we when we went around the fence and to go look at the the hole in the ground, oh I shouldn't say the hole in the ground with the stairs, it was like three a.m. three thirty a.m. When we got back to the car, which was only I don't know a quarter mile from where we were, we'll say a half mile, it was seven thirty a.m. We hadn't even noticed it either. And if we wouldn't have been audio taping and videotaping, we wouldn't have noticed it. But when we were reviewing the tapes at the hotel, we realized that, uh-oh, something else happened. There's been a lot of stuff happening. We've got some really good video there, too. Well, so we went up there with 15 people one time. This was in 2014, I think, 2015. Uh, two, two vehicles, loads of people. I mean, packed down like you wouldn't believe so we get up there, and uh, we're, we're, eglin I mean, Eglin Air Force Base is right there, but we're on um, um, Navarre Beach is where we were, inside the park at Navarre Beach. It's it's wee hours of the morning. The fog is everywhere. I mean, it's everywhere. So all the guys were walking in a line. We were about 20 feet behind the girls. There was a six or seven up in front of us, and it was f- I think four of us and seven of them. But anyway, no, it was more than that. I think it was five of us and seven of them. But anyway, uh, They're walking along, and we're walking along. And like I said, we're about 20 feet, and I hear them saying something. And I heard us said, Well, that must be the guys ran up behind us. And I'm like, No, we're still good ways behind them. And we started seeing footprints about this big and about this wide in front of us. And they were just like they were appearing in the fog. We were like, What the hell? And I knew, you know, I know all these ladies, ain't hey, none of gonna feed that tomorrow. I'm thinking, I'm like, What the hell's going on here? Then I got to think—is our kid lost out of here or something? So then I told them, "Just stop." I said, "Whatever y'all doing, you stop where y'all. I want to catch up with y'all. I want to walk up because whatever was in between us, we could squeeze in between us." And uh, I heard them react to something. Something blew by them, and as we were catching up with them, so we were like, "Okay, that was just some weird ass crap in the middle of the beach, in the middle of the fog, uh, in the Gulf of Mexico. So it's just kind of strange." So we see one of the casibos, one of these big ass casibos and uh we, we go get in a gazebo we sit down and mike Canuck, he's a friend of mine he's from canada 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 he's down and um a couple of my friends are now, and Some friends are from new, new mexico and arizona so we're sitting down underneath the gazebo smoking a cigarette yeah, i don't smoke cigarettes anymore but i did back then and um uh, i didn't know i wasn't actually they were smoking i wasn't. i wasn't smoking anymore at that point but anyway we're all sitting around talking and uh Mike's leaning against one thing, and we're all kind of spread out a little bit because big gazebo. And you see this like flash of light on one of the walkways. You're like, what and everybody's looking at it, like look like it looked almost like a camera flash, but it lasted for a few seconds. And then it went away. And we're like, what the hell was that? And everybody was a little antsy. And then Mike Mike was just like doing this. He couldn't talk. He was like, and he was like, I'm like, what the hell are you doing, Mike? And we all look, and what it looked like. Was a great like a freaking ant went up one side of the pole and came down head first on the other side of the pole, and just stood up and looked at us. We were all like, "What?" It's like a mass hallucination, man. And it was really freaky the way he moved. And I mean, it was really freaky. And then you looked up, it looked like there was two more up in the rafters, just kind of stuck in between the joints. And we were all at this point, we we're all like, "Okay." Somebody's passing the good stuff around because we're all hallucinating for sure. I mean, because it was it was freaky weird. And then next thing I remember, well, they were getting back in the truck. and I mean, we were getting back in the truck and they were getting back in the car. I'm like, and it, for some reason, I was like sitting here. I was like, what the? Dude? It took us a few minutes because we were all kind of disorientated, disjointed. It was just weird. And that's, so we all got back in the car and, we're, and, and got back in the vehicles and we're talking to each other. We had the phones on talking to each other and uh, i'm like what the hell so we we head down now we spent 16 hours in the fog this night 16 hours so we head down to blue mountain beach which is further it's it's in between uh destin florida and uh, panama city so we go back there we get out the truck we all grab hands this kumbaya bullshit and we make this big circle and when we did all the fog above us just cleared out It's beautiful clear sky and we're sitting there thinking okay, what was that about? <laughs> and then I hear oh man, I hear I hear uh, was G, I was think Start screaming I'm like, what the hell are you screaming about? This thing standing in the center of the circle just looking at us and I could swear it had a smile on his face. Like, you dumbasses. asses. I don't even know how to explain this. This was just creepy weird. And then they were gone. Whatever it was was gone because I'm not sure what it was. It was gone. And everybody's looking at each other and the sky's still open. So we're like, okay, enough of this weird shit tonight. Let's go get breakfast and head home. So we said, okay, we get in a vehicle and we're home. No, no breakfast, and we're home. I'm, I'm literally, he's not shitting you. We were like standing in a circle, and let me see. Destin Blue Mountain is five and a half hours from where I, six hours from where I lived. So we were just home, and I still remember. What's her name? goes, let's go get breakfast. I'm like, yeah, let's go get breakfast because I'm about to flip out. <laughs> and it was daylight. There's no more fog. I don't know even know what to tell you. The whole thing could have been a ruse. Everybody could. Have, the whole group could have been abducted and that was just a cover memory. Nobody wanted to be hypnotized. Even to this day, nobody wanted to be hypnotized. Sometimes that happens. Like with the screaming horse, nobody wanted to be hypnotized. No, uh, Linda and G and I, this is about fifteen about 15 years ago. We were on NASA land and um, not far from where I live right now. And um, we were just standing out there talking. And you hear this this scream. It's horrible. It wasn't a human, you knew it wasn't human. It really sounded like someone was torturing a horse. I don't even know how to explain it. And um gee, I swear she's seen these three Greys standing on this Xbox. I didn't see him, so I don't know. And she just swears she sees him. So I look at my watch. And I'm like, damn, we've been out here for like four hours. Let's go get breakfast. I'm not kidding. It's just what I said. So we stop at Waffle House and we're getting breakfast. And Waffle House is not my favorite place to eat, I'm not going to lie. But um, Linda was just laughing her ass off. I was just kind of like dumbfounded and Gia was pissed. So all three of us had a different experience. I have no idea what went on. But Linda was laughing her ass off. She really was. I was like, what? What's so fucking funny? Excuse my language. But that's, that's just how it was. I mean, it's, it was, and and nobody wanted to be hypnotized from that one either. There are stuff we, we go get regressed over, but some stuff, no, just don't want to know. Cause we were, well, okay. If you're ever in Louisiana, Mississippi, there's a place, it's, it's on, technically it's inside of NASA. It's in their, um, buffer zone. It's in one of the bigger buffer zones, closer to NASA. So it's actually about, this particular spot is about, I don't know, half a mile from the front gate. So it's a side road, cuts off the main road, and right on the side road, there's a little square with an X on it, a little yellow X. And if you go park there and sit there for any length of time, if you're contact contact abducted, you will see the grace. They will come out and see you. I don't know why. It's it's almost like they they like being there. I don't know. It's not the only place they've been seen. They've been seen in Honey Island, too. Well, that's another weird thing. So I'll take you. We'll go 11 miles back in the swamp, 11 miles. And you'll hear machinery running, people talking. It's getting creepy. Every now and then you'll hear like native drums going. You'll see like this weird kind of cloud ghosty thing at one of the fronts of the trails. It's a weird thing. And uh, and then, of course, you'll hear like the crocodiles. I mean, the crocodiles, alligators growling and yawning and stuff like that. Every day you'll see like a herd of pigs. When I mean a herd, it's like 50, 60 pigs come running through with like 40 little babies behind them. Um, The place is crazy. I've actually watched a deer actually drop in a phone when I was out there. But as far as weird other stuff going there is a lot of it. That's where we saw the black thing. That's where we've experienced a lot of stuff back there. Actually, a friend of mine is writing a book, and he's including a story about the black thing in it. He said it scared him so much listening to the story That he he hadn't included in the book mm. It's a spooky ass day, And I'm not easily scared mm. Well that would not even uh, What time we got Oh no we gotta go I can't talk about it uh, Next time on well, the next show we'll bring it up I didn't realize it was 8 o'clock Coming up next is The Outer Realm With the lovely, lovely, lovely Michelle DeRoche She is the boss on the network If you are looking for a show that is who you need to talk to uh, We do not We may have some free shows left on the weekend, but most of the shows now start around $75. But that gets you on Roku. Oh, yeah, that gets you on TV, people. Uh, You get to be a TV star, real TV, not bullshit TV, real television that you can call up your friend who has Roku. And oh, speaking of that, I was talking with the TV people yesterday that own all of this stuff. And we're getting ready to add Amazon in a couple of weeks. So you might that you'll be able to get on Amazon. You may be getting Roku. You can be famous, famous, famous. You can tell your mom at home, hey, mom, you're on Amazon. Look, click down here, click down there. Look who's there. Oh, yeah. It's a great feature. It's a nice feature, and it will help bring advertisement to the network. But anyway, we got sidetracked. But anyway, it was a good show. I had a lot of fun talking to everybody. I seen a nice audience, a lot of people hanging out with me tonight. I appreciate everyone coming and chatting. I appreciate everyone just hanging out with So on that note. I've got to go. Good night. Stay tuned for the Outer Realm, and I'll see y'all Friday. Good night, everyone.